how greatly do we resonate with that first line of our Isaiah reading. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. For me, Isaiah speaking thousands of years ago captures both the lament that we have faced into this year and continue to do so, but also the hope of light ahead. Everyone listening to this this morning on online and in person, I'm sure wants Christmas 2021 to be very different to the reality we have before us this year. So today I want to talk about finding hope in the story of Christmas and how we can carry this hope into the parts of our lives marked with despair. I also want to mention how the Christmas story that we're here to celebrate and give thanks for shows that God uses ordinary people in an extraordinary way. So the verse uh, or the passage actually uh, begins before the first verse we had today. And it says this in Isaiah 9 verse 1. But there will be no gloom for those who are in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. And here's the thing. If you were prophesying about a saviour, wouldn't you have that saviour coming from somewhere packed with a kind of Jewish audience that his message is likely to appeal to? Somewhere like Jerusalem, the epicentre of the Jewish faith. And yet many years before the birth of Jesus, this passage is one of the prophecies we ascribe to his birth. And yet the place that is going to set the stage for this wonderful event is not Jerusalem with all its high profile status, but the lesser place um, in the Middle Eastern pecking order of Galilee. And at the start of John's Gospel, we encounter Philip and Nathaniel, disciples, followers of Jesus, questioning, can anything good come out of Nazareth, where Galilee was located? You see, there was clearly a hierarchy of locations. Now, I can't give you a modern parallel because to do so would be to be offensive to some places and and to show favouritism to others. So I'm not going to go there um, for that very reason. But the fact that Jesus was born in the back streets of this um, insignificant hitherto place is for us significant. And I hope you're starting to appreciate that Jesus, whose birth we celebrate here today, is not concerned with being launched onto the world stage in in the best location, surrounded by celebrities and, and heads of state, surrounded by the finest circumstances that luxury and wealth can afford. But rather Jesus chooses 
to identify himself with ordinary people and ordinary places, bringing hope and even joy into unexpected places. This passage from Isaiah is not just an invitation to look forward to the birth of Jesus, but an invitation to recognise that Jesus is repeatedly found in unexpected, even ordinary places. Jesus wasn't surrounded by heads of state, but born to a pregnant, unmarried teenager. Jesus wasn't born into a bespoke luxury apartment, but was born into an animal's feeding trough. Jesus wasn't born in the uber-religious setting of Jerusalem, but in the back streets of Bethlehem. You could not have written a more unlikely stage or setting for the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But it's true that Jesus chooses out of love to bring his hope and the fullness of his very self into the unlikely, unexpected, and yes, the dark and despairing places of our lives. And into those places, he brings his hope. Let's go back to verse 2 of Isaiah 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. The scale of the coronavirus pandemic this year has been overwhelming. And very sadly, we're in the midst of news of this second strain, which is gathering pace all the time. And so that sense of overwhelm at the scale of the coronavirus is not something we're looking back on as we end the calendar year, but something we're very much living with at this time. The huge number of positive cases and sadly deaths, not only in our country, but across the world, have been sobering for us all and very deeply traumatic. As people grapple with the despair of being apart from family and friends and changes to working patterns and being furloughed and as parents during the first lockdown had to wrestle with how to homeschool children, we've become tired as a people, as a nation, and we find ourselves lacking hope. So the question as people who have chosen to come here this morning to celebrate the birth of Jesus is, is how does Christmas, this, this wondrous birth of Jesus Christ, offer us hope and meaning in our present circumstances? I have a habit of watching uh, TV sitcoms over and over again. I also um, binge read series of books where you can get to know a same set of characters, generally detective novels. And, and what I find as I watch these TV series and read these, these books over and over again is that I find things that I missed the first time round, things that I didn't quite pick up on, nuances and, and inferences that I, I, I'd left behind the first time. I see something 
that I haven't seen before. And our lives, our challenges, our emotions and our relationships are not simple. Let's face it, if life was easy, we'd be living in a continuous state of emphatic joy. But the circumstances of our lives and of our world are not easy or binary or straightforward. They're very complicated and they're multi-layered. And what happens with pandemics like COVID is that we define ourselves and our experience of life by the easiest to grasp layer. Let me just say that again. We define ourselves and our experience of life by the easiest to grasp layer. In other words, the thing that's most ready to hand. So this is the year that COVID struck. And so our commentary on our lives, quite naturally and understandably, it would be bizarre if it wasn't, has been about COVID, has been about its effect on our health, our work, our kids' schooling, our leisure time, our relationships, all, all commented on in light of the virus. Now, we don't know the darkness that Isaiah was specifically referring to. It could be an economic darkness, and we've known something of that. It could be the darkness of war and conflict, and we've also known something of that. It could be a spiritual darkness, that people have moved away from being in relationship with God. And my word, we certainly know something about that. However, Isaiah tells us that the people were nonetheless living in darkness. But into this darkness, light has dawned. God's hope has entered into people's lives and experiences. Now, there are two things that we need to grasp about this hope or light dawning in the darkness. Firstly, that hope is God's gift to us. If we could manufacture hope, we would be fine, wouldn't we? If it was just the case of follow the correct health and fitness regime and we'll have hope. Or go to Holland and Barrett and, and buy this dietary supplement and, and you will have hope in your lives. Or follow this productivity method and we'll all be so efficient that we'll, we'll have hope. If hope was something we could readily or easily manufacture, we would do it and then have it in abundance and, and everything would be, would be hopeful and fine. However, we can't manufacture hope. We have to search for it and find it and in finding it, cling on to it. God gifts us hope, and we see this in the birth of Jesus. Into the darkness of this world comes a saviour. Into our overwhelm at the continued spread of coronavirus comes Jesus Christ. Into the darkness of our despair comes the great light of God. And as if as if um, illustrating and underlining this point, above the stable where Jesus was born, the star of Bethlehem shone. The same star that had guided people to that very stable, 
God's light breaking forth into the darkness of our world. And Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is our hope because Jesus knows what it is to share our challenges, to experience the kind of relationships that we have, to understand complex human emotions, and he brought healing and wholeness and restoration to all of these. This has all happened already, and it continues to happen in and through you and I. God is already at work in our lives. Hope is already present in our lives. It may just be buried quite deep at the present time. So hope is a gift from God. Second, and finally, the gift of hope has to be received. Like all presents or gifts, there is a giver and a receiver. In the midst of dark times, we can allow the hope Jesus offers to be buried deep. So the gift that already exists within us, uh, which we can discover in the beautiful moments of, of family and friends and acts of kindness and the gifts and thoughtfulness of others, in those beautiful moments that reveal the hope that there is still beauty in life, we can miss them because those layers of hope are buried so deep be behind our worry about COVID and our worry about family and friends and so many other concerns. So we have to search for hope and in searching for it, find it and in finding it, cling on to it. Final comment. So in the birth of Jesus, we see what Isaiah spoke about. Light shining in the darkness and the darkness not overcome it. What are the signs and layers of God's light and hope buried deep within us as we gather here today? Amen.